0: our redeemer and our sustainer. Amen. Amen. The biblical scene in today's gospel is one of high drama. It is the last night that Jesus spent on earth. Judas has left the room on his mission of betrayal. This is the point of no return. The disciples will finish their meal. Jesus will offer his prayer for them and for all who come to relationship with him in the years and centuries ahead. Then they will cross the dry brook of the Kidron Valley, heading up towards the Mount of Olives as they had done so many times before. Judas will know exactly where to find them. Now Jesus is alone with the 11 who do not know that they are hearing their master's last teaching making his last requests to them before he faces execution. The mood is intense and solemn as the lamplight flickers and threatens to plunge them all into total darkness. Strangely, Jesus speaks of this as his moment of glory. To glorify someone or something actually means to reveal the essence of that person or that thing to honor that individual for his or her unique contribution, for the difference that is made in human society by that one person. It is on the cross that Jesus comes into his glory because it is there that he reveals the nature or essence of God, as absolute sacrificial love, who will go to any extreme and suffer anything just to complete our human destiny just to bring us back into relationship with the one who made us, the one who loves us and desires nothing more than our company and our fullness of joy. Now is the son of man glorified and in him God is glorified, he announces to his disciples who have no idea what he is talking about. Here, sandwiched between Judas's betrayal and Peter's denial that he ever even knew Jesus, our Lord talks to his followers about love. This is not a teaching for the multitudes. It is a last-minute summing up of three years of ministry with these, his closest friends. There's a sense of urgency in his voice. I'm giving you a new commandment, he says. It's not a suggestion or a guideline. It is an imperative. But there's nothing new about the command to love. It was as old as Leviticus, in which we are commanded to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. What made it new was that this commandment was rooted in the unique sacrifice to be made by Jesus. They are listening intently now as he continues, almost in a whisper, love one another as I love you. As I love you, love each other. It would become the single obligation and hallmark of our faith, the one and only characteristic that Jesus recognizes as distinguishing us from the rest of the human population. By this one quality, everyone will know that you belong to me if you truly love one another. And in the beginning, that's the way it was. Acts chapter two tells us, the people sold their property and their belongings and gave the proceeds for the support of the poor. Secular Roman historians report that when epidemic struck in the first two centuries, unlike those in pagan cultures, Christians would care for the sick and the dying, even those that were not Christians. And thereby, they drew whole families into the infant church. A noted sociologist in the University of Washington, his name is Rodney Stark, in his work, The Rise of Christianity, points out that religious conversion tends along to proceed along networks formed by interpersonal relationships. For instance, Mormon missionaries average only about one convert in 1,000 random house calls. But they convert one of every two people that they meet through families or through friends. And so it is that the church spread in the same way, primarily through family and friendship networks. Moreover, while the gods of the pagans were indifferent and impotent, the god of the Christians was the one who cared so much for his people, he would die for them. Like moths drawn to the light, converts came to Jesus Christ through discovering a people who lived their faith in God by loving each other. However, when we look at the history of the church with episode after episode of Christian animosity towards other Christians, we have to wonder, what happened to Jesus' commandment to love as the one characteristic that distinguishes them from the rest of humanity? The inquisition, religious wars, avoidance of those we dislike, and the assassination of character by gossip that occurs routinely in so many parish communities. Of course, we have to remember Christians built hospitals and schools and social agencies to help the poor. There was good news also, but so did Muslims and Jews. So we have to ask, what distinguishes the church in modern society? What real difference do we make in the world? What difference does St. Edmunds make in the city of San Marino. It's interesting how various churches choose to describe themselves. We are the liturgical church, I've heard proudly proclaimed by a number of Episcopalians, and they're right, there is certainly truth, we are the liturgical church, or one of them. We are the Bible-believing church, I have heard people say, but not so frequently among Episcopalians. We are the church of music, I have heard a colleague in my own deanery six boast. We have an adult choir, a children's choir, a bell choir, she would say, that music is their chief contribution and the difference that their church makes in the city of Glendora. A doctor of mine once told me about a church in New York City called the Church of What's Happening Now. They have a beer distillery in their basement for which the sales are tax-exempt because the so-called pastor claims that this is a religious establishment. He has religious services once a week. But rarely, if ever, have I heard a church that claimed as its distinguishing feature, we are the church that loves others as Christ loves us. There are many churches that do some amazing some amazing outreach ministry in Jesus' name. But I've never heard one claim that loving others is what sets them apart from every other church. That would be a pretty bold assertion. And yet, that's exactly the difference that Jesus expects his followers to make in the world. Not liturgy, not music, not preaching, not Christian education, but radical self-sacrificing costly love. A high school teacher in New York decided to honor each of her graduating seniors by telling them the difference that each one of them made in her life and in the classroom. Using a process developed by Halise Bridges of Delmar, California, she called each student to the front of the class, one at a time, and after identifying each one's unique contribution, she presented them with a blue ribbon imprinted with the gold letters that read, who I am makes a difference. Afterwards, the teacher decided to do a class project to see what kind of impact each such recognition might have on a community. So she gave each one of those students three more ribbons and told them to go out and spread this honoring ceremony and then they were to follow up on the results to see who honored whom and bring the the report back to the class the following week. One of the boys in the class went to a junior executive in a nearby company and honored him for helping that student with his career planning. He gave him the blue ribbon, pinned it on his shirt, and then he gave him the two extra ribbons and explained the class project to him. He asked him to find someone to honor, give that person the blue ribbon, and then give him the extra ribbon so that he could pass that ceremony on to someone else. Then the boy added, and please report back to me next week and tell me what happened. Later that day, that junior executive went to see his boss who was known to be something of a grouch. But he sat the boss down and told him he admired him for his creative genius. The boss was quite surprised, but accepted the blue ribbon and agreed to take the, next rib- the extra ribbon and honor someone else. That night, the boss came home to his 14-year-old son, sat down on the edge of his bed, and said, the most incredible thing happened to me today. One of my junior executives came into my office and said he admired me, and he gave me a blue ribbon for being a creative genius. Imagine. Then he pinned the blue ribbon on my jacket that says, who I am makes a difference. And he gave me an extra ribbon and asked me to honor someone else. So as I was driving home tonight, I started thinking about whom I would honor with this extra ribbon. And I thought of you. I want to honor you. My days are really hectic and I come home, I know I don't pay a lot of attention to you. Sometimes I yell at you for not getting good enough grades or for leaving your room a mess. But tonight, I just want to let you know you make a huge difference in my life. Besides your mother, you are the most important person in the world to me. You're a great kid, and I love you. The boy started to cry. His whole body shook with the sobbing. He could hardly speak. But finally, he looked at his father through his tears and he said, Dad, see that rope on my desk? I was planning on committing suicide tonight because I thought you hated me. And now I don't have to. Who I am makes a difference. I dare you, say that out loud at least three times while looking into the bathroom mirror tomorrow morning before you start your day. Never mind what your husband or wife says, they should be doing the same thing. Who I am makes a difference. Who I am makes a difference. Who I am makes a difference in the world. And if the difference that you and I make is by the power and practice of love, then Jesus is still working miracles on earth. And God is being glorified and made known to the world through you and me. And the last and most important commandment that Jesus ever gave is being obeyed and fulfilled. For love is the difference. Love is the difference between hope for the future and only regrets for the past. Love is the difference between affirmation of our worth and annihilation of our souls. And sometimes, It's even the difference between life and death. A new commandment I give to you, he said, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this radical, indiscriminate, self-sacrificing love, the world will know that you belong to me. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the love of Jesus that reveals your glory, and pursues us through the cross to redeem and transform us. That we might be the love of Christ, stretch our hearts to receive his love. That we might obey his command, move our wills and our souls to yield to his lordship, make us icons of his presence in the world. That we might win the hearts of others to the glorious liberty of the children of love. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.